Hey everybody, it's Eric Torenberg, co-founder, partner of Village Global, a network-driven venture firm. And this is Venture Stories, a podcast covering topics relating to tech and business with world-leading experts. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Venture Stories Village Global. I'm here today with a very special guest, one of our uh, Village Global portfolio CEOs, Sasha Jokic of Fornball. Uh, Sasha, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you, thank, th- thank you for having me. Uh, so, uh, Jokic, not to be confused with the Denver Nuggets CEO, uh, Jokic, no relation, just, uh, just just same last name. Um, Sasha, uh, why don't we start with a quick background? What is Fornball and uh, what is the insight that inspired you to start it? So I have both uh, background in, in uh, robotics and architecture, and um, um, and almost all my life I have been in uh, construction industry. Uh, I grew up uh, uh, helping my family to reconstruct uh, the Moorish house in the war-torn um, uh, country, uh, Yugoslavia, and that inspired me to become architect. And it was kind of my um, revenge uh, towards the war. Um, so uh, fast forward a couple of years, I ended up working for... Uh, one of the most renowned architectural office in the world called UN Studio. And that experience helped me to really uh, 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 get um, um, uh, a little more understanding uh, how it has been built uh, on, the, on the global level. Uh, so I have been involved in different projects that are from different uh, complexity sizes and uh, design. And really understood that uh, construction as a whole has a lot of troubles and issues. And, uh, you know, having... Uh, 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 population growth, uh, uh, the way how we build it right now, it's uh, simply, it's not the option. Uh, so uh, I decided to quit my prosperous career in architecture and, uh, you know, having this background in robotics, I decided to focus on uh, innovation and robotics. Uh, so I uh, basically joined my university in Barcelona to run part of the research. Uh, and uh, um, three, three years back, I moved to U.S., uh, spent time between uh, New York, Boston, and San Francisco. And uh, for me, it was really surprising that uh, the country, um, as such as U.S., uh, with really sophisticated uh, economy, has the housing issues. So in all of those three cities, I have experienced the housing shortage and, you know, by myself as well, uh, you know, having troubles to find affordable housing. So, and I feel uh, uh, by being here in San Francisco is actually the opportunity of changing the way how we build and uh, my skill set intersects. Uh, so I feel like this is the part, this is the place where the whole revolution should start. Yeah. And why don't you talk more about what Formwell was when you first started and how that's evolved uh, today? Yeah. So uh, we we started with uh, uh, with idea of... Um, uh, building the uh, product uh, just uh, for, uh, for 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 existing industries, so uh, having you know spent a lot of the time um, uh, with the construction uh, players in New York and really understanding what their problems are, I felt that uh, data processing is one of the really interesting uh, areas where the computer perce- precision uh, perception um, uh, can help a lot. Uh, but actually, uh, soon I learned that. Um, uh, industry is so fragmented that um, it, it, it's not worth it of our efforts to basically build product for the existing technology for existing industry. So basically, having you know in front of us all of, all sort of different technologies uh, that are coming from different in- industries, such as manufacturing, 
and the transportation, we actually felt that this is the right time to build the uh, vertically integrated construction uh, company, which Formville is. So, um, so basically, we built the um, a company that creates a high quality homes that are easy to access by everybody. Uh, so uh, our team has captured the opportunity of building the uh, process that is uh, 20% uh, uh, cheaper and 40% uh, faster than existing, but as well uh, building the technology that help us to uh, scale up the whole industrialized concept of construction uh, without uh, large investments. Uh, so the core of our technology, it's a, uh, from one side, um, uh, design-driven uh, pr- process for uh, creating a new uh, components that are produced uh, in any place on the world. So we have been thinking a lot about how efficiently those components are produced, but as well transported or stock. So basically, uh, you, know, you can ship components from China to US and vice versa uh, um, in a in very timely manner, manner directly to the construction site. Uh, the second part of the, of the process is the uh, uh, portable robotic unit that is uh, basically uh, brought on the construction site, takes those raw components that are shipped to the site and additional, additionally customize them uh, before, before the whole assembly process uh, is finished. So uh, by developing those tools internally, we actually can uh, offer uh, the full service to the, to the, to the customers. Uh, we are focused on real estate developers uh, and offering them design, manufacturing, assembling, and uh, as well, um, uh, uh, upgrades uh, of the of the final product, which is house. Cool. And um, let's zoom out a little bit and just talk about construction as an industry. Why have uh, incumbents in the space been so slow to adopt innovation? And what are the challenges that the main players face today? Yeah. So if we look into the industry, uh, we'll soon learn that the biggest reason why we don't have technology in the, in the industry is because the main players are not investing. Uh, more than one percent of their annual revenues inside of in, in the research and development. Uh, but uh, to really understand what is happening in the industry, we should a little bit unpack, you know, why why this is happening. Uh, so um, we uh, basically have a lot of barriers uh, for those main players to invest in the technology. And the biggest is basically they they're in the business of uh, risk mitigation. Uh, means that you always are focused how to eliminate risk and innovation. You know, by its nature, it's really a big risk. So, if you really want to innovate in, in in our industry, you 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 put your business online, and uh, and that simply uh, people uh, avoid. So, um, I think. Um, uh, however, we should kind of define that there is a big difference between the high rise. Uh, building and and the single family housing there's a big difference in, in and also in the how much innovation has been adopted in those industries i'm going to focus more on the single family housing because uh formville is focused on this area um, so we basically um, uh, have very fragmented uh, industry we affected by a labor shortage uh, local regulations um, unstandardized uh, supply and chain so I'm, I'm going to focus more on um, single-family housing. Uh, we have currently single-family ho- housing production, which is uh, very fragmented um, due to technology uh, uh, drought, uh, lack of labor, um, um, very, very strict uh, local uh, regulations and unstructured supply chain. So um, 
basically, uh, you know, right now we have a giants uh, in the industry which are worth uh, around $20, $20 billion, but their margins are uh, somewhere around uh, 3 3%. Uh, so um, we definitely uh, should seek for options from from other sides. Mm-hmm. And um, what's changed today? So now is the right time to develop, fund, and deploy construction tech. Uh, so we have in the last uh, couple of years uh, here in Silicon, Silicon Valley, we have experienced momentum in construction tech. Uh, just last year, we have uh, we seen investment around uh, two billion dollars. Uh, in this area, and this is definitely helps to um, uh, attract more people uh, who who historically didn't have connection with the construction industry. Uh, but uh, looking into the past, we always seen that construction basically has been always kind of connected with the uh, uh, with other industries. So and trying and basically borrowing the innovation and solutions uh, for from from those companies. And today we we can see that across the different industries there is a, a exponential growth of innovation in ai cloud computing supercomputing and all of those technologies are definitely fostering fostering the innovation in the industry um something very interesting i think that it's really point out here is that uh if there is a chance if you work directly for the industry uh, there is a chance that you can deliver innovation just if you are really focused on one specific uh module basically you're just delivering a solution for subcontractor who does a drywall for example and without actually and and really taking care of how how this innovation interact with the next subcontractor that comes into the production chain so um so we have seen a lot of uh uh um, small teams that uh, with small resources uh have built the standalone applications uh, for data processing um mostly mostly software oriented and as well, cloud computing basically enables them to make uh, distribution much easier um, and uh, completely different for what what industry experienced. From other side, uh, as well, you know, having the autonomous cars and manufacturing kind of um, renaissance, we see that a lot of those technology can be directly implemented in in, in the construction as well. Uh, so a lot of companies um, have invested in the prefabrication uh, factory based uh, construction process. Uh, basically, those companies are more vertically integrated, uh, and by having that uh, um, uh, vertic- vertically integrated organization, they basically can much easier uh, deploy deploy technology and in- innovations. Yeah, staying on the in the macro for construction. Um, if you read up in the industry, one thing you hear a lot about is the labor and skills shortage of the industry. How does this affect the industry, and how should we be thinking about it? Uh, yeah, this is one of the biggest problems. I think uh, if uh, I would say the majority of construction companies at the moment are um, uh, stating that labor shortage is one of the one of the biggest constraint for for the industry. Uh, so I think just in the last ten years, the the we have drop off fifteen uh, percent uh, in the um, in the number of workers in the industry, and uh, for the same time, uh, we have experienced as well the uh, wage rise, uh, which is uh, around thirty five percent. Uh, so, and it, interestingly to say, it's, uh, during all, all of those time, we basically have uh, really historic uh, um, uh, numbers in the industry in terms of the uh, amount uh, amount pr- uh, built in in the both in the both categories uh, in the uh, single family housing, but as well high high rise. 
Um, I think here we have uh, two solutions. One solution is basically if we uh, focus more on the immigration. Second is we focus more on technology. And I think that, uh, that uh, focusing more on technology will bring us closer to, to meet the numbers uh, that, that basically uh, can, can um, uh, uh, help uh, uh, industry to, to, to reach the productivity level they, they want. I think an interesting example uh, is the Japan, for example. In 19th, uh, there was uh, 1 million construction workers in the industry. And today there is only 300,000. Uh, and for this period, uh, again, we had their um, economy growth uh, um, uh, but, and people wanted new houses. So uh, basically uh, what happened there is that uh, um, companies started to invest a lot in technology and uh, run, right now they have the highest number of prefabricated house on, on earth, it's, which, which is around uh, 15 to 20% of the entire market. So I think from those kind of examples, uh, U.S. construction industry should definitely learn. Yeah. And what is the state of uh, implementation in terms of construction tech at, uh, at today's job states? Like, wh- where are we right now? So I think uh, we, um, from, from, uh, from one side, uh, we can see that, uh, uh, as mentioned before, a lot of technology is coming from, from other industries. Um, for example, in the pre-construction phase, um, uh, there's interesting, actually, uh, momentum happening uh, around a BIM. Uh, BIM, it's uh, basically uh, building information modeling uh, software that um, has been brought from aerospace industry. And um, uh, those, um, um, and, and this industry basically had been brought from, from, the, from the aerospace industry. Uh, and it was meant to be a place for um, designing the whole uh, 3D model of the building down to the screw. And uh, you basically then take this 3D model and you, you, you made the whole planning for construction process. So you understand, you know, where you're going to buy that screw. So you as well have that procurement, uh, procurement, uh, um, category as well. So, uh, down to really understanding who is going to install that, uh, screw and, and, and when. So it's really powerful uh, ecosystem. Uh, Autodesk is leading leading that innovation, and they made a really smart move by opening APIs of BIM, uh, which enabled a lot of uh, companies, uh, uh, startups, to build applications and contribute to Autodesk uh, ecosystem. So right now, um, just recently, we had a really big acquisition of uh, PlanGrade. Um, it was a little bit less $1 billion yeah. by Autodesk, and uh, also... Um, building connect uh, all of those companies are really interesting interesting application that basically comes from 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 idea of creating one unique system for yeah. pre-construction process uh, from other side we see a lot of companies are um, taking uh, more advanced machineries uh, and trying to implement them in the construction process such as uh, build robotics for example it's a company who build uh, the autonomous uh, bulldozer uh, uh, and, ba- and basically, um, it, it really opens a lot of op- opportunities there, but even more advanced uh, approaches where people are b- bringing in the whole manufacturing processes in the factory. Yeah. And um, let's touch a little bit on manufacturing um, and construction convergence, there's prefabrication. How much has this already been implemented and what trend can we expect in the next five years? So I think ushering manufacturing and uh, and the home building uh, process it's really exciting and brings a lot of uh, options for 
for the entire industry, uh, mostly focused on you know uh, decreasing uh, the complexity and increasing efficiently efficiency and uh, controlling the labor cost. Um, I think that um, uh, f- from from other side uh, opens up so a lot of options in terms of improving the the quality of final product, which is house. So uh, we know that the uh, housing market. Uh, has been really uh, interest, interested in um, innovation as well uh, in terms of uh, smart devices and automation. So definitely, you know, the way how we build how, the way how we build houses um, will will definitely foster uh, even more um, uh, uh, innovation on, on that on on the housing automation as well. Um, however, I think uh, so for, for so for the last couple of for the for the last couple of uh, years, we have seen very large investments in the prefabrication industry. And uh, we've seen a couple of companies that uh, have brought the entire process under one roof and uh, kind of replicated the uh, mass production approach, what we've seen in the car manufacturing in the 60s. And so those companies are basically focused on um, uh, on hitting the uh, production uh, numbers and, and volumes. Uh, but unfortunately, they are not much focused on the other side of the process, which is basically how to deliver better house, how to deliver better design house, and um, and they uh, improve the overall experience for the home buyers. So I think um, um, also you know um, the outcome of those pro- processes is basically a very large gigantic building blocks that are very hard to to transport from the factory to the construction site. So um, but you you basically invest a lot in the factory and then you are anchored to some specific area uh, uh, so uh, somewhere around not larger than 200 miles from yeah. the factory because your transportation costs are too large yeah. uh, and then as a, again the assembling process it's uh, very hard to coordinate because um, you need a you need a crane and then you yep. need a fleet of people that basically navigate the process of assembling and this this model has been shown uh, as effective, as I said before, on the production side. Yep. Uh, but when it comes to the scaling, the process it's it's really really hard. Um, so I think um, I, we as um, you know as 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 a company are really looking too much how to uh, solve this issue. So we basically are uh, trying to fu- to combine the mass production uh, efficiency uh, means that you basically can produce produce the X amounts of components. Uh, with very high efficiency, but then as uh, again looking into the really what customers wants and the uh, um, uh, customers definitely are interested in in custom custom uh, solutions. So we are looking into ways how to basically deliver them a uh, um, uh, uh, product that is custom and that is really specifically designed for for their yeah. needs. And let's talk more about homes because when we talk about homes, what people always bring up is the housing crisis. That's, that's always top line. So. How uh, let's unpack more, spell out more as to how this can help address that, as well as how it can you know help bring value to to homeowners. Yeah, I think um, uh, we definitely with with the, with the new manufacturing processes and innovation, we are looking into the process that is much cheaper and efficient. Efficient. Uh, my my opinion, my general opinion is that the first the first. Uh, uh, batch of uh, innovative homes and homes that are produced with a very high efficiency will will be expensive. Uh, something very similar to what we had with the Tesla. 
So basically, they're hitting the, the the premium kind of market, and then from the premium market are scaling towards the more more affordable and and uh, and accessible uh, home. And uh, this is an approach that we have been also also uh, taken in 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 the informed well. Uh, from from other side, I think um, um, something that we have we have seen um, uh, interesting interestingly interestingly in the industry is that the the customers and consumers are really interested in uh, technology such as Nest, um, Ring, uh, and other uh, smart uh, dev- smart uh, devices and IoT technology uh, for for home industry. Uh, so basically, um, they are really interested in, in how to automate uh, certain um, uh, processes in in home, and I think um, uh, really by designing uh, from almost from from scratch the the building components and and parts, uh, there is a big opportunity that basically uh, the electronics and communication as well can be embedded inside of the structure as well. Um, so unlike the uh, IT technology uh, IT sector where we have uh, you know, Apple and Google, who basically create the whole standard for the entire industry. Uh, and so, basically, if you want to build an application for 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 their ecosystem, you have to follow their um, uh, general rules. This is something that doesn't ex- exist in the industry. So, uh, there is a big big opportunity for uh, smart companies to recognize this opportunity and basically, you know, create universal rules for for any you know. Uh, any any kind of uh, smart smart device and potentially create completely new marketplace. So, um, sort of with our last segment of the podcast, I want to pretend that we were running a fund that was solely focused on construction technology. Uh, first off, what are sort of the different types of sectors or sub segments of uh, different types of companies we might look at? Like, how do you sort of slice up slice up the world? I think that uh, one one of the uh, really interesting opportunity here in uh, definitely belongs on the on the home innovation. Um, I uh, feel that uh, it will be a lot of talks and innovation around uh, three topics, which is connectivity, uh, learnings, and health inside of the house. So I think the idea of actually you not going out from home and, and working from home is really interesting right now and adopted. But if it would be really interesting to explore new way new way of uh, interacting with people who are outside from your home. Uh, other, it's health. So basically means that uh, you know there's a couple of companies I think they're already developing uh, toilet that basically can tell you can tell you right. um, uh, if you need to drink more water. Right. Uh, so I think those kind of approaches are really interesting. Uh, learning as well. I think uh, you know historically we you know always uh, had that desire to learn from home, and I think uh, uh, you know once we des- design kind of better user interfaces and experience in, in in homes, people will be much more interested in learning um, learnings at home. Uh, like my refrigerator would teach me Spanish, or like what's a, what's an example. Uh, so I, I think uh, in, in, interesting. I mean, it's still very hard to unpack that, uh, but definitely that that could be a really interesting uh, application. <laughs> um, I think uh, get generally before actually uh, going into the details, so we should explore what are the new user interfaces, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to imagine really that you can speak with your kitchen, but this might happen in some form. Yeah. You know, we know that actually Amazon actually very interested right. in taking their uh, personal uh, assistant and embedding this uh, device inside of your wall, you know, and putting the, um, 
the uh, the sound all, all around the places. So that may, might be might be a third generation of those those technologies. And and I think the second one will be a, definitely, you know, uh, uh, AR. Yeah, AR. What, what do you think uh, AR will enable us to do in home? Um, I think first of all, uh, in terms of if we if we speak about the health, uh, uh, you know, it, it would be really interesting to uh, you know uh, explore the possibility of, uh, possibilities of mapping. Uh, different kind of uh, uh, environments in, inside of your room. You know, for example, you can you know switch from going you know from having a kind of ordinary environment with your furniture yeah. into the um, forest where you where you uh, feel completely different kind of uh, sounds and uh, and uh, and uh, that that can cause a lot of um, benefits for for your health. So I think it definitely could be interesting to explore this. Yeah. And um, let's say, okay, you're, you, you've started this construction fund. What other types of startups would you be looking for or want to invest in or, or think that there's, where do you th- see is the white space or big opportunity for startups in, in the construction space to be going out? I think prefabrication, definitely. It's, uh, it's uh, I think for the first time in history, we have that possibility of, you know, small teams uh, having uh, um, uh, relatively small resources, building the entire uh, organization vertically. Um, however, I think uh, this will just be a temporary for a couple of years. Uh, I think the uh, companies will uh, figure out the ways how to outsource some certain components, but ju- not before they basically uh, figure out the whole process uh, internally. So I think uh, the whole idea of prefabrication and you know the way how people design, manufacture, assemble, and, and basically communicate with their final users it's really interesting. Uh, these are really interesting uh, uh, components uh, of the prefabrication, and I'm sure it's going to be more and more companies who are looking into these areas. Yeah. And um... and second, and second, uh, I think uh, uh, area that th- we should definitely uh, explore more are the material materials. Uh, so far, uh, you know, building a material startup has been really difficult, um, and but definitely uh, by having those. Uh, uh, new machines and new processes. I'm sure uh, we will develop a new capabilities of um, of working with different types uh, of materials. So I'm sure that there will be a lot of people who are looking you know, look, looking into this as well. Yeah. And um, hold on. Um, sorry, Aaron just called, but he. Um, I was to make sure he wasn't here, but no, he he said he. You forgot. <laughs> um, I have one more question. The how should we think about uh, startups versus incumbents um, in construction in terms of opportunities that incumbents will have versus startups? Uh, the core operation for big companies it's the risk mitigation business, and I think the entire culture has been built around this. And uh, we know that you know looking into the history of Silicon Valley, we know that innovation is about talent and culture, and you know how the way how you communicate new ideas and take risk i am not sure that the current the existing construction companies are uh, capable of uh, completely shifting uh, their cultures from uh, existing status quo so um, i would definitely um, uh, i definitely believe that there will be more and more startups coming into the play and taking the opportunities that are right now popping up why don't you talk about the uh, the opportunities and applications an intersection of, of robotics and, and artificial intelligence as it relates to construction? Uh, I think for the first time we have been, you know, we live in a time where 
for, for, for the first time, we live in a time where in order to build a robotic uh, solution, you don't need to build the entire thing from scratch. Um, and that's one thing. Another is that uh, with the computer vision and advancements in AI, um, finally, uh, we can build robotics that doesn't belong only to um, production line and doing just very simple repetitive work. Uh, we can actually take those uh, robotic ro- robots uh, machines and and uh, make them to be more collaborative and uh, work alongside their human coworkers. Means that they can um, build different kind of uh, um, learn. Means that they can learn different types of skills and be more productive. Uh, also, you know, we have seen that autonomous cars can uh, work in very dynamic environments such as uh, roads and, you know, outside world. And those those kind of capabilities are opening a really endless possibilities for the construction industry. And um, if I think about the complexity of building the uh, r- robots for construction industry, I would put it somewhere in between um, manufacturing and uh, car uh, autonomous car industry. So uh, the construction um, in construction uh, site is still a half control process. You can organize your construction process as uh, in a way that is um, uh, you can design you can design the construction site in around the your robot uh, capabilities and make it work. Um, and also, um, the the second is the, the the speed of of moving at the construction uh, construction site. It's much much uh, at lower pace than than the car at the streets. So I think hitting those kind of requirements will will be much easier in the in the in the uh, in the in the in, the, in our applications. Uh, it, it was really interesting to see that um, uh, there's a lot of research right now in the in the construction robotics in academia, but as well we can see it in in the uh, real-world applications, applications as well. Um, I think many people actually don't understand that um, uh, that uh, we require. Um, many people don't understand that actually construction requires requires uh, custom-made uh, tools and and, and robots. Um, to give you a little bit more um, perspective on that, what I mean is uh, today you have a lot of people are actually taking industrial arms and um, designing. Um, applications to uh, lay down the bricks uh, at the wall but the brick actually was designed that uh, that can be lifted by one hand uh, by human and then other hand stays free to apply the mortar and by having you know very large industrial arms that are designed to lift very gigantic building blocks with the precision of half uh, inch it just it's really a loss of resources so we should either focus on redesigning the positioning devices uh, or um, redesigning the building blocks uh, towards the robot capabilities uh, in order to make this process efficient. And I think uh, something what people haven't talked too much about, and I, I definitely want to give a credit to people in, in Tesla, uh, I, I think there is a lot of uh, custom-made uh, robotics processes that has have, have been designed around um, around the specifics of the process and the design of the of the Tesla cars. And this is this kind of approach is definitely interesting for the construction industry as well. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to close with? Uh, I don't know. I think we covered everything. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, Sasha, uh, this has been a fantastic episode. 
we are happy investors at, at FormedWell. Is there any uh, last words or any plugs uh, for what people can expect uh, from FormedWell looking forward? Or if they want to learn more, where, where can they point them? We have we are in the process of um, uh, finishing the design and um, uh, and the production of the for, for the first house that we expect to to finalize uh, uh, in the first part of the next year. So um, I invite you to be, to stay stay tuned and look for for news from from FormedWell. Awesome. Thanks so much, Hasan. Yeah, thank you. If you're an early stage entrepreneur, we'd love to hear from you. Please hit us up at villageglobal.vc slash network catalyst. 